Hello, and a warm welcome to the Maven People Change Podcast. This is the place to find thoughtful and heartfelt conversations about leadership and organisation development. Each episode is created with our listeners in mind, so if you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, please do get in touch with us. Maven are thought leaders in the area of leadership and organisation development and have a wealth of experience in this area. We have a thriving community and we offer regular free events. You can find out more details via our website, maven.co.uk. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please do leave us a review on your favourite platform to help us grow our audience. Thanks so much for being here and we hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to our podcast mini-series, YOD. As organisation development is not something most people have heard of, I certainly haven't before I joined Maven around two years ago, I'm really interested in hearing how people found themselves working in this world we call OD. In asking our six Maven consultants this very question, I found their responses really interesting and really varied. In fact, I found it brought a little bit of what makes each of them so unique and special to the fore. So these short 10 to 15 minute podcasts are a quick way to get to know the varied paths and personalities of our wonderful consultants. Okay, so I'm here with Sophie Tidman. Um, Sophie, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and a little bit about your role? And Yes, great. I'm a principal consultant at Maven the newest member of the team, but still been here uh, two years in May. Well, so shall I say a little bit about my background? So yeah, the reason I'm doing this little podcast mini series is because I think OD is a area that not a lot of people have heard of. So I'm quite interested how people found their roots into it, their path into it, how they ended up doing this thing that we that we call organisation development. So yeah, how did you, how did you find yourself here at Maven? Yes, and also to say that I never used the term um. OD <laughs> before I joined Maven. Um, my background is in the civil service and then in the third sector. And in the service, civil service, I was in a department where it never got mentioned. And uh, in the third sector, in international development, a lot of charities are quite small and just don't talk about it in the terms. They will talk about culture and values and leadership but they don't seem to use the term OD. So mm. it was slightly strange to me. And I I, um, I suppose I sympathise with the people who find it a bit jargony. Mm. I was starting my career as an economist. Uh, so I worked in consultancy and I worked in the centre of government as an economist in the UK. So very much focused on public policy, the mindset. But there will be a kind of an optimal trade-off. So it's very much about coming up with the right answer. Very logical, very rational for the common good. Mm. So for the maximum number of people um, and navigating politics was just about kind of getting to that right answer quickly. It was a necessary evil. And that also probably applies to any kind of human relations in organisations. It was merely profit maximising. So I think I started work with that very, <laughs> with that model kind of just implicit mm. in how I saw the world. Sounds a bit sad now. Um <laughs> And then I I did a bit of work in international development. I lived in Asia and then uh, for about five years in Africa. Um, and that was hugely impactful. Um, 
International development is one of those um, sectors that's renowned for having a lot of reports that nobody ever reads about what the right answer is. And so it was clear that that's not, that wasn't going to work. And I was actually in a Ministry of Finance in Africa. And there were really big questions about uh, what should the money be spent on, quite a lot of complex reforms that needed to happen, innovative ways of managing public finance, quite technical sometimes. But I was just struck when I was there by things like, I'm working in this team they haven't gone and asked the team just over the way from them in the same department. It's a very simple piece of information. So they don't know this information, but they're in the same department. Sometimes they're in the same team, but, and they're just not talking to each other. <laughs> Why are they not talking to each other? It was just mystifying to me. And I started in a team that was generally seen to be very poor performing as well. And along the way, and I think it was somewhat accidental. <laughs> I, I was helping them getting a bit clearer on their purpose. Probably not very hopeful about anything really changing hugely. But it was incredible how people responded to a little bit of care and a little bit of kind of sense of community and that we were doing this together. We're all in this together. And they suddenly started performing really well um yeah. it was just fascinating to me that I was kind of very stuck stuck in kind of what's the process for this what happens when what are the rules and that stuff is important actually but more important was the stuff that happened while I was doing that mm. the kind of process of alignment and kind of people coming together people getting more profile being seen as more important that they mattered mm. Mm. so you were almost doing that alongside your day job it was kind of part of the day job right, it was okay. it was expected it was capacity building right so it was it was a lovely job and very unusual in that we were just there to support our kind of senior colleagues in government to do what they needed to do to focus on their priorities there wasn't any complicating funding in there uh, we weren't didn't have to deliver something we just had to support our colleagues deliver what they needed to deliver so in that way it was right. very pure and enjoyable in that way yeah and it's also a lovely place to see leadership up close so getting to see how presidents work, how statesmen interact, when it states women interact, you know, how the politics plays into it all, working well with your minister, working well across ministries, you know, a lot of personal relationships in that. Yeah, I remember seeing that firsthand <laughs> for the first time, like, oh, okay, this policy didn't get through because just this minister didn't get on with this minister. Right. <laughs> or... Yeah, because fundamentally there wasn't trust in place or there was a bit of a blame culture. That's what's most important here. However nice my, um, you know, analysis, how good looking my analysis might be. It's quite frustrating, really. Mm. It's a really good Excel chart. <laughs> <laughs> really lovely really spreadsheets. Nice. You've seen, have you seen That's my pivot tables? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's a kind of looking at, you know, the counterpart I was I was supporting, a couple of counterparts I was supporting and, and learning a lot about coaching through that and supporting and enabling, empowering and really enjoying that relationship. Then there was kind of developing a team. And then there was, which I've mentioned, but then there was also the kind of what is going on with the, how this government works, with how this system works, kind of, you know, whether it's risk of earth, or whether, you know, there's usually systemic reasons why people don't communicate around sort of unspoken rules around mm. trust. And just being fascinated with how those patterns played out and why things happened as they did. And wanting to really get into that and not, and seeing some people do it, but not, and that is OD, right? Mm. Working with those patterns, working with the larger system. But it, it was mystifying to me how you started working with that and get permission 
mm. to start working with that. And I saw a few people do it who had permission and, and how beautifully they did it and how artistically they did it. So that started to point me more into the OD world. So yeah, those people that had permission, were they OD or were they called something else? Or I think they were OD, but they didn't call it that. But facilitators, mm. also just how quickly people can build trust. Mm. That was, um, yeah, quite impactful on me. Very few people did it in those systems because I think there's not the resources. Mm. So it was very small, small glimmers that I saw. Okay. Um, and then moving back to the UK. Even then, wasn't that obvious in the field I worked in? I worked in. Um, it was only really meeting a few people and then meeting Naven. Actually, yeah, I was probably quite green. <laughs> so how did you, yeah, how did you meet Maven? How did so I moved back to the UK and started doing lots of, um, I, I became a yoga teacher. I got very much into embodiment and coaching and where the two met. I started doing, and I, I was very interested in kind of groups, how groups worked, because it's very frustrating always coaching individuals and you can see things going on on the bigger <laughs> level, but you can only coach at the individual level. So I started doing things like constellations work, like social presence, in theory, mm-hmm. which is part of um, Theory U. Um Really, as a kind of add-on to my day job, I'm still working uh, with African governments on on public policy. And then I got put in touch with somebody who used to work with Carolyn in the civil service. Mm-hmm. And then met Carolyn, and she got me talking about the. She got me going to the art fields, which I just really loved. So yeah, just kind of like kept finding it a very interesting organisation, but didn't think it was for me. And then suddenly, they advertised, and I applied. And was very surprised to get a job. Yeah, it's funny actually because I think we're a very good fit, mm. but it can seem like a very formal academic place, OD, and it can get quite jargony. Um, mm. But a lot of things overlapped, a lot of skills overlapped, and I think where me and Maven were very aligned was firstly about big change happens through relationships. Mm absolutely relational at its heart and also that organizations need to be more human Mm. and more joyful Mm. as well Um, and that's not a nice to have that's because it's partly because we spend most of our lives a lot of our lives in organizations right Um, and so there's just a fundamental kind of human well-being aspect and it's also because when people are at ease when people are um really in flow with their work and taking pleasure from it. Not necessarily all the time, right? <laughs> but that is when they are at their most creative yeah. as well. And that's, it's amazing that that's so difficult to find. There's a lot of suffering in work. Yeah. And I, I th- that, the first thing that ever struck me when I started work was, I, you know, people get grumpy about it and whinge about it a bit. And I did that a bit. And then they just, everyone did it. And some people were really unhappy mm. at work, and that that was actually very common. And uh, that had never been explained <laughs> explained to me before I started in the world of work. <laughs> and it's quite strange phenomenon, really. Mm. You spend more time with the people you work with than you do anyone anyone else in your life. Yeah, I think OD. You know, if you're trying to explain this to a friend in the pub or something, you're trying to explain what we do. OD can come across, I think, a bit hippie a bit fluffy of like oh let's talk about our feelings and you know mm-hmm. how is you know how's the time for that we need to get the job done but I think it's also in it's in service of making the organization more efficient and ultimately successful and probably profitable 
because if if the system works and people are talking to each other and like you say and they're creative and they and they feel happy and, and comfortable and all these things then the system is going to work better and then you know whatever the outcome mm. of that system is is going to be better yeah and I think ideas and the way Maven approaches ideas is fun well it's humanist right and it's, it's mm. fundamentally quite hopeful and it's word hopeful it, it's, it's got a strong belief in the power of human creativity and, and connection and um and love mm. and what human beings are capable of together and it's crazy how that the word the word love being used in an organizational context it's amazing how this is why helen focuses on it it, it mm. could be so jarring or seem conflicting like it doesn't feel like that word has any place in this conversation and that's so weird isn't it yes it but somehow yeah being an organization you have to kind of dehumanize yourself often yeah and it's a really good point that actually oftentimes well in fact if we're doing our job we should be saying things sometimes that make our clients quite uncomfortable mm. and using and that might just be using certain words like love or even connection mm. or how do you feel about that it can be threatening to some clients and um I tend to be someone who is at my best I am fairly provocative in quite a, a playful mm. and gentle but provocative so I think it really works for me having that as a career <laughs> where that's a, that's important <laughs> You know, you're challenging, challenging assumptions or challenging um, habits. And, you know, that's a, a part of what we do, isn't it? Yeah, it's that managing the tension, that holding, holding the client, holding on all the, cha- holding all the challenges they're, they're facing and, and with compassion and yet also challenging, mm. evoking the system mm. and, and managing that tension, hopefully correctly, just about. Yeah, let's give a little poke. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, nice. Is there anything else you want to add? Probably enough, isn't it? Is that enough? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Claire. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to us today, and we hope to see you next time. Take care. Bye bye.